0: And I've seen um, from previous research with California condors Mm -hmm. what um, carcasses that have been picked over by birds look like. They look like serial killer murder scenes. Like, they're horrifying. This is Ecological Adventures, the official podcast of the UF-IFAS Department of Wildlife Ecology and Conservation. I'm Rhett Barker. Ecologists go from their own backyards to the edges of the earth in pursuit of knowledge. Dealing with discomfort, sometimes dangerous animals, and unpredictable situations, they're rewarded with adventure and fascinating insights into the workings of the planet's life. Today's guest is Adia Sovi, a PhD candidate here. Her work is taking her on adventures around the world. What do you study? I study um, global change and how that affects um, mammal populations and communities. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that has taken a couple different forms. I've studied the impacts of invasive Burmese pythons Mm -hmm. on mammals in the Everglades, and now I look at how um, shrub encroachment and fire regime change affects how two um, very closely related species of squirrel Mm -hmm. It coexist in uh, southern Georgia. Where have you gone? Like where have you worked before? So before uh, here as a student at WEC, Mm -hmm. I've worked down in the Everglades. Um, I briefly did a small project out in Grand Canyon. I've gone um, to South Africa with my thesis advisor and my main field site now for my PhD is at the Jones Ecological Center in southern Georgia. Mm -hmm. Um, And before that when I was just kind of kicking around between um, my undergraduate and my graduate degrees, I traveled all over. Um, I took um, technician jobs that just brought me somewhere and gave me enough money that I could afford to feed myself um, with a little um, extra money for chocolate. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I ended up going to Alaska, spent time on an island off the coast of um, Nova Scotia. I ended up in Antarctica. just kind of all over, um, working on a whole bunch of different mammal projects, um, primarily. What was Antarctica like? Antarctica, Antarctica was great. Um, uh, not that big of a shocker. It was cold. <laughs> <laughs> um, I went there, uh, in the austral summer even. Mm-hmm. And so one day, maybe I think we, we got done with work early. It was towards the end of the season and we w- had like um, tea on top of our little trailer, mm-hmm. which is like tarred black on the roof. And so, with that like um, black reflecting the light, I think it was about 50 that day. Mm-hmm. And that was the nicest. But I think when I showed up um, at the beginning of November, I think the first day we were there, it was in negative 40s. Jeez, that's crazy. Yeah. And you just stayed for the summer? Um, it's four months. Um, mm-hmm. The study I was working on was through um, Montana State University, Mm -hmm. so the longest um, running project on a large mammal um, of its kind, and they've been looking at the demographics of Weddell seals um, in the Weddell uh, sea Mm -hmm. uh, for over 40 years. Um, So we're there for just pupping season Mm -hmm. um, because primarily the seals are in the ocean doing their thing and they're not really easy to study. But when the females breed, they breed further south than any other mammal. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they're about 40 miles from the sea ice edge, and they haul out at these cracks where the sea ice hits islands and creates large fissures in the ice. Mm -hmm. So they'll haul out and pup there, where they naturally did not have any um, terrestrial predators. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's a really great population to um, do demographic work on because it's closed. We, mm-hmm. And we know where which every individual is, and we can even say um, who beget whom for many generations, which is mm-hmm. very cool. And so my just technician job was to go out every day and look for new babies and tag them. Cute. Yeah, yeah it was it was a great, dirty, easy job and I had so much fun. Yeah. What's an unexpected experience that you've had because of your work? Unexpected experiences. I mean, I've had a lot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, One one thing that I particularly loved or never got used to when I was in the Everglades um, was it was just part of my research. I was studying what was the mortality factors of marsh rabbits. Mm -hmm. Um, And coming from a mammal background, I had certain ideas of what that would end up looking like. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you know, um, in my control sites, dead rabbits look like dead rabbits. You know, um, Mm -hmm. a mammal comes in and they kind of, you know, eat the whole thing because they like to break bones and get at the marrow inside. Mm -hmm. And so you just kind of end up with a radio collar on the ground with some fur around it. Um, And I've seen um, from previous research with California condors, Mm -hmm. what um, carcasses that have been picked over by birds look like. They look like serial killer murder scenes. Like, they're horrifying. <laughs> How so? They're just like, like, bits of sinew and blood are still on everything and just, mammals just clean the plate. <laughs> mammals just clean the plate and mm-hmm. birds just leave everything scattered around. They're mm-hmm. messy, messy eaters. Um, but when I was in the Everglades, I'd be, you know, tracking these signals and the rabbits have um, a, a sensor on their radio collar that if the sensor doesn't move um, for more than three hours, Mm -hmm. then it doubles the pulse rate. And that tells me, hey, I'm dead, because a normal rabbit um, is going to move every three hours at minimum. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's things that I didn't think about when I was planning my study. Like once a python would eat a rabbit, the python is still alive and moving. So um, pythons eat the rabbit's hole as well. (laughs) So the evidence of the python having ate my rabbit was that I usually was just, you know, kind of... People think of me as, like, skipping around the Everglades looking for these rabbits, and I'm just, like, running around, and then I'm almost tripping over these six-foot pythons that have eaten my radio collars. Um, That was the other really unexpected thing, too, is how well um, camouflaged even huge six-foot snakes can be Mm -hmm. um, that I would get right up... Up there, before I realized that, oh my gosh, that's a giant snake that's longer than me than I am tall, <laughs> instead of a one kilogram marsh rabbit. Right. Yeah. Um. So I think that was kind of the most uh, exciting and fun things that I did is is accidentally tracking these giant snakes around for. That's for a while. insane. Yeah. Thanks to Adia Sovi for sitting down with us. To learn more about her work and the work of the wildlife department, check out the link in the description. Today's music was provided by Jason Shaw. His work is also linked in the description. Until next time, thanks for listening.